Negro boys ain't much for working. Two shots on a barrel and they're talking about bourbon. Talking about a few other things that they don't know. If you've got a question, no need to ask. They don't have a clue, so raise your glass. Take a sip with the Bold Brothers. Now it's on with the show. From the heart of central Kentucky, the bourbon capital of the world, it's two shots on a barrel with your host, a couple of hot shots of their own, the Bow Brothers. Two shots on a barrel. I'm Jimbo. J-Bo. Man, what about our intro? What about our intro, dude? We're big time now, man. That's that's awesome. Hey, hey, we, we, we kind of teased it last week, and we said, I was telling you about my good buddy, Terry yeah. Woolley, was, was going to do our jingle. By the way, we still don't have a logo. Working on it. I mean, you you were in charge of that. You put the least artsy person on the job to do a logo, but you man. You hired good people. Do you think I can really sing a lick? I tell you, no, no you can't. I've, I've been told. Absolutely cannot, but I hire good, and I hire them cheap, too. <laughs> I know. Everybody tells me you're cheap. But Terry Terry did a great job. He did it, a great man. job. You're, you're, you know, I've been trying to listen to some podcasts recently. Check it out. Just to, you know... Anything from bourbon to speedos, <laughs> really? I mean, they've got they've got podcasts out there about everything. But my thing is, let's see how we can how we can right. have, you know, a professional J-Bo and Jimbo podcast. Well, there's only one way to make it professional, and that's to have somebody that has any kind of common sense to come in here and be on the show with us. Yeah, because one thing I've learned after, you know, this being officially our Second episode of Two Shots in a Barrel. I've learned that we're not very smart. No, not at all. I, I'm, I'm surprised it took you this long to figure that out. And I've realized if we want to have any credibility with smartness, it's going to have to be from our guests that we bring in, like our guests that we're bringing in today. I'm excited about this guest. I've known him forever. This dude is... Uh, you know what, though? I've known... Let's just go ahead and say... All right. Chad Little Beano Spalding. There he yeah. is. What's Woo! up, hey, big boy? What What's up, man? Yeah, that was a, that was a great intro. Hey, hey, listen. But I, I got to tell you this. Little Beano and I have worked together for years. Uh, Beano's a... He's a sports guy. He likes to do... Uh, he likes to get into games for free, so he, he does some sports <laughs> announcing. He's got I'm not that, quite as cheap as you, though. Yeah, that's true. Hey, that's true. but you got that... You know what, how you've been described, Beano, uh, with your radio style... Do you, do you really have you heard this? Uh, no, let's. I'm kind of worried about what's going to come out of here. Yeah, th- this is awesome. So I, I was told it said Bino's got sort of that ghetto style of sportscasting. I have heard you say that. Uh, I, I was wondering if you're going to put some like come out with some uh, yeah NFG or something like that, you know? <laughs> because uh, there's a bit of that in there as well. But really, where I was going with this conversation. We've worked together many, many times over the years. And, dude, I almost feel in all of you today. So, and the reason, I, I feel like I'm in a celebrity, J-Bo. You I are mean, with a celebrity. He's not a you. I, I'm talking about Bino. Oh, you're talking about Bino. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I mean, this dude, I feel, so So here's the deal. I was listening to another, you know, I was mentioned listening right. to a podcast. So this week I'm listening to a podcast about bourbon. Mm-hmm. And this dude, which... I know Bino will probably bring up throughout the day in this episode. We'll probably talk about it. But I was listening to the podcast, and Bino, little Bino, officially he's known in the bourbon industry as Chad Spaulding. Right. Did a cameo appearance in this podcast. Nice. We're in the midst of royalty today. I'm just excited he's here. I'm so excited. I think you guys are actually getting a little carried away here. No, man, no. But I will say... After listening to your first, your intro and your first episode, I walked in here and I purposely and and one hundred percent felt smarter <laughs> as soon as I stepped in the room with you two guys. After yeah. listening to those yeah. first two episodes, yes. that's yeah. awesome. Hey man, <laughs> and I'm here for and you. I'm and I'm a dummy. I'm a self-proclaimed <laughs> dummy. But after listening to those two episodes, I, I, yeah, I feel pretty damn smart. Right when now. you come in here. Everything we talked about on that show is legit, right? I mean, you saw it firsthand. Things laying around. Oh yeah. I mean, like, no, no. I've, we've got whiskey laying around. We got bourbon. <laughs> yes. I've got two. Uh, speaking of two shots, <laughs> right. I've got two glasses you going do. on over here right now. One, one on the rocks. One uh, in my in my Yeti over here. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about tonight. I'm Dude. pretty stoked about it. 
uh, just being here with with two of my buddies and talking about whiskey. I mean, what what else can you want? What was the coolest thing that you saw when you walked in? What was the one thing that stood out in this studio that that, that stands out the most? Speaking of ghetto, by the way. <laughs> so there's this little styrofoam bowl that you get like a Sunday from right. Le Guin down here That's at right. the at the the Dairy Freeze. It's got a couple cubes of ice and a half pint of Woodford Reserve sitting in it as it's cooler, I guess. That's or, cooler. Yeah, that's that's a ghetto cooler right that's there for a, a half pint ghetto cooler for sure. That is straight out of South End Louisville where I, I grew up, that. man, right there. I definitely believe it. You, you can't follow directions, though, J-Bo. Hey. So, you know, I, you know I, like, I like to have my bourbon typically chilled. If I'm not going to have it on ice or as... I guess they call it on the rocks, right? Yeah. I like to have it a little chilled. So I asked J-Bo. I said, J-Bo, you're going to be in town? So if you're in town, stop by, put put our selection, which we're going to talk about here right. in a minute, in the fridge so it'll be chilled a little bit. And, and our, our brand new Kentucky Bourbon Trail glasses, Beautiful. which I don't... Beautiful. I thought they were Glencairn, but <laughs> we'll talk about that. They're totally not. But that's okay. They're not... Oversized peacups. That's right. Which is a good thing. Well, see, the thing is, I wasn't in town, so I had to make all this happen like 10 minutes. So, I mean, I did the best I could, pulled the south end out, and uh, made do with what we had. (laughs) The south end. Hey, man, we don't have a refrigerator in this building that's over two foot tall, and it works every once in a while. Oh, good gosh. So, uh, that was the best I could do, and it tastes pretty good. All right, so without, without further ado... We, we talked about our guest today, yes. and, and and listen, he's a self-proclaimed dummy. Is is no, you're, no. you're the one that's going overboard, Chad Spalding? <laughs> because listen here, dude, I, I've talked to people, I've talked to a lot of people, and, and you're well respected in the industry. So before we go any further, just kind of tell people your background. Gotcha. So yeah, Chad Spalding. Uh, I've been with Independent Stave Company, of course. The, the folks who make the, the world's finest barrels in the industry for almost 22 years now. So I'm almost 22 years into it. Started in, in the cooperage, uh, worked inside the cooperage for three years, uh, worked out on the road with all the big distilleries here in Kentucky for 15 years, and then for the last uh, two and a half uh, to, to four years, I've been a, an account manager on our craft barrel side of things. So I get to work with all the small craft distilleries Sweet. now. So the guy that buys one barrel a year, the guy that buys up to about, you know, several hundred thousand, or not hundred thousand, but about 90,000, and I get all those guys. So about 400 customers, I manage those accounts, sell them barrels, sell any barrels outside of that that I can find to sell. Um, but yeah, so I, I, the only reason I know anything about anything is because I've, I've been around it long enough. So 22 years in, and you just, if you listen just a tiny bit, you can pick up some stuff. Hey, man, we, we've follow you on facebook instagram and we see all these places you go you just came back from traveling where'd you go sure yeah 1800 mile trip uh, in my truck this week um, man to uh to our cooperage in missouri we have a cooperage in lebanon missouri one in lebanon kentucky went to the one in missouri because we're doing a lot of upgrades out there just want to see what we had going on visited some customers three different customers in the kansas city missouri area one in kansas lenexa kansas uh right over the line from kansas city Hit three of those guys up, not trying to sell them barrels. They're already a customer, showing them the face. You know, hey, we're here for you. You know, we're, we got through this this COVID stuff. We're still making barrels. We love you, all that good stuff. Drove from there up to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, it was way up in Iowa. That's uh, cool. Where they don't make a lot of bourbon up there. The, the customer we have Cedar, uh, that's called Cedar Ridge Distillery and Winery. Uh, one of only a handful of, of, of whiskey makers in Iowa. Um, and then the far northwest corner of Illinois, I went from, from Iowa to Illinois, went up there, a distillery called Blom Brothers. Uh, two of the coolest dudes you'll ever meet up there at Blom Brothers. Two brothers just uh, killing it up there for about the last 10 years in the craft wor- world. And then, you know, so that was a huge loop that I made to hit five customers, but that's that's the kind of service in, in the you know FaceTime that we like to give at Independence Day. Is I don't care how big or how small you are, we're gonna put somebody in front of you to know you know let you know that, that we we give a shit. Now, when uh, speaking of giving a shit, when you walk into <laughs> some of these places, do do they go oh hell there's there's 
there's Mr. Spalding. Do they get did they straighten up and walk? Absolutely man, I not. can't see anybody calling him Mr. Spalding. If I if I walked in and didn't have an ISC shirt on, they were like, What are you here for? You want a tour or what gotcha. you know, what's your deal? So I don't see them and know them that well, you know, because I only see them, you know, once right. every other year or so to get around. You know, I have 400 customers, so I can't see wow. them all in one year or even two years almost. So, and I've not even been to some of them. So eventually, you know, we'll get out there in front of them. But no, I mean, the, the craft guys are really different. So the corporate world with the big distilleries like Jim Beam and Woodford and Makers, it's it's very very corporate. What I do is t-shirt, jeans, and boots. And walk oh, in there nice. and talk to the the guys who own it, the guys who make it, they sell it. You know, it's not right. It's not corporate world, and it which means it's a perfect world it's for perfect. me. Oh yeah, <laughs> because I'm I'm you know I'm well below a corporate world. That's awesome. I think you you had the perfect fit for that position, man. Yeah, I mean it, it's worked really well. I, I know um, you know I appreciate the opportunity that that Brad Boswell, the owner of Independent Stave, gives to me and lets me do that. And, and our numbers have have shown that you know we we have jumped up this side of it possibly probably not because of me but not in spite of me you know um, I haven't ran anybody off yet right. so that that side of the business has grown by like four and a half times wow. in the last four years and it's just there's so many of them popping up I probably get three or four emails a week from brand new customers that we've not ever sold to that are just getting started or they're wanting to build a distillery just want to make sure there's supply out there and you know we don't turn anybody down if a guy literally wants one barrel we'll ship his ass one barrel that's all i mean it does not matter and we you know i give that guy the same amount of attention if he has a thousand questions because he's barely you know he's brand new and he's just getting into into this he doesn't know what type of barrel to use we coach him through the entire process and so they appreciate that at the end of the day for sure. That's killer. So, man, he's been in this 22 years. And the dude looks – he's one of those guys that he he's just his youthfulness. He Look how good he looks. I mean, I mean he looks like he's maybe 25. You should see him dancing. The boy gets out there and just dances. And he's, <laughs> a, he's a former swimmer, big athlete, man. Yeah. That's, that's what you got to do. Yeah. You yeah. cannot look at me and tell that I was a former swimmer, though, that's for sure. Because most uh, swimmers aren't five foot eight, two 230 pounds. Hey, you still got it, though, man. You can I jump in the probably pool. swim, but maybe from here to that building right across the road before I get tired. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so I did start early with Independence Day. I was yeah. 24 years old when I got Young started. Dude. 46 now. So, uh, now... You know, I plan on working for them for the rest of my, you know. Did you ever see yourself, I mean, you're 24 years old and you're like, all right, I'm going to go to work, independent save. And then 22 years later, you're doing this. Did you, is that what you, is that the Chad Spalding you saw? No, because you, you you know, you guys been around, you know, how many times do we go to high school at Marion County High School and drive by that place and say, whew, I hope I never have to work there. You know, they look like they work their butts off and it's dusty and hot and, you know, I was like, Never once and thought, you've, and you've it. done that stuff. I have. I mean, early in your career, I was. You did the, that, didn't you? Yeah, three years in in the in the Coopers. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it is hot, dusty. The third day, second or third day, I was there. Um, I was in there banging around with this uh, hoop driver and this hammer, and I I hit my thumb like really hard, like it was twice the size it was supposed to be. Yeah. So the second or third day in there, I did question that move <laughs> um, and say, "What in the hell have I yeah. got myself into?" Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I stuck it out, stuck in there. Uh, they they noticed, you know, wh- what was going on with you know the, the effort I was putting into it and how enthused I was about how cool barrel making was, and that I really enjoyed cool. the. The, the finished product for sure you know yeah. that's always helpful to yeah. to want to love what what comes out of the barrel at the end of the day and i'm a huge bourbon fan whiskey fan love all of it love some more than others i don't dislike any of it because i always get that question you know what's your favorite i i, I really like them all i just love some right. a little better than others so yeah. so i'm sorry j bo yeah. but 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 i'm curious about this yeah so independent save i mean make the best barrel in the world, right for for bourbon. That's what I've been told. I mean, uh, is is it, it? It just seems kind of surreal, right here in Central Kentucky. I mean, we we a critical. Can you have whiskey without without a barrel? Absolutely not. No, in in this facility right here in Lebanon, Kentucky, in the heart of bourbon country, 
that 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 I work for makes more barrels than anybody in the world. It's crazy. Wow. In this little place out here, right. you know, it it's it's not small by any means, but um, yeah, right here in Lebanon, Kentucky, right in the center of it. I mean, every just think about all the dang bourbon and behind Jabo right now, he's got some Maker's Mark over there, basil. We're drinking, by the way, we're drinking Woodford Reserve today. That is our bourbon of uh, choice today on the on the in uh, a fancy little snifter. Yes, I might yes. Say. yeah, snifter. No Dixie cup snifter, but. It's crazy that most of the freaking bourbons that you go and you buy or you're at a restaurant you get, they started out in a in, a, in an ISC barrel. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's freaking right here and, in and bourbon country. He mentioned something, and, and this goes back to our first uh, podcast, that there's not just one kind of barrel. We, we were taught, thinking, you know... I thought there was. Yeah. I, so what? Explain you tell that. me because we got. I mean, how much time we have? Because it, there are unlimited possibilities, and we're still learning. So, um, you know, we're a hundred and nine, hundred and eight year old family owned Cooper's business. Brad Boswell's the fourth generation, the absolute smartest dude that I've ever met and know. And caught, you know, he's my boss. Of course, I'm not just sitting here sucking up. Right. That dude is brilliant. <laughs> hey, he'll be tagging. He'll be tagging yeah. him two shots hey, on a barrel. Right hey, <laughs> hey, boss, take a listen to this <laughs> yeah. episode. Yes. <laughs> but, no, yeah, so forever, uh, you you were not totally incorrect in thinking that there's only one style of barrel. Because forever there was, really, in whiskey and bourbon. It was a it was a 53-gallon Char 4 whiskey barrel. So what what char, char four? What's char four. So there are four different char levels. One through four. One's the lightest. Okay. Four's the heaviest. And all it means is how much, how much, how long has it spent on fire, basically. Gotcha. So a one char might take fifteen seconds. A four char takes about forty-five to fifty seconds, and that's just how long you're burning it. Gotcha. So you got to set it on fire because bourbon, to be called bourbon, it has to go in a new charred oak barrel. Gotcha. Okay. Charred meaning it has to ignite. So you can't just toast it like like a wine barrel. You have to catch it on fire. One's the lightest, four's the heaviest. Everybody gotcha. always used the heaviest. Dude, I already feel learning. smarter. We're learning, I already man. feel smarter. Learning. Char learning. one through four, one, two, three, four, just goes up. So the the, in the olden days, that's what it was. I mean, a 53-gallon yep. barrel, and you did typically a char four. Yeah. Yep. But it's not like that anymore? No, it's not. So things are changing, Jim. Uh, and and and. Or am I supposed to call you J-Bo and Jimbo? You, you, whatever you want. He's man. J-Bo. He usually calls me Jim, Jimbo. Okay. Jackass. Yeah, because, yeah, he, a lot of different because he's... Because he, That's not what he called you before you got here. <laughs> yeah, he, he, doesn't stick, he doesn't stick to any kind of script. No need. I mean, he, J-Bo's one of, those, one of these guys who's got these great ideas, and then he just, like, lets... He expects the flower just to bloom. So, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, before going. y'all get fighting over there, so let me interject. That's right. Go ahead. So anyway, uh, we don't have enough time for me to cover this in one episode, by the way. Right. Everything about barrels. Which, you know, you can come back anytime. I'll, I'll be back. Good. Because I'm already having a good time anyway. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Char 4 Barrel was what everybody was using and still does. I mean, so there's 8.2 million barrels aging just in the state of Kentucky. 8.2 million barrels or thereabouts. Um, aging in warehouses in the state of Kentucky. I would imagine that at least 99% of those are char 4 53-gallon barrels, just like you know, just right. like they used to. And all the big guys still kind of do that. These craft guys come around, and they don't want to be the next Jim Beam. They don't want their stuff to taste like Jim Beam or Maker's Mark or Basil Hayden. They want their shit to taste like their stuff, right. to, to have their, their, their own expression. So they don't want to put it in a char 4 barrel. They're like, what can you do for us? Here's, you know, so we have to, you know, dream up these options on what, what can we do as a barrel maker to make their stuff taste different? And it's really easy. It's not that hard because winemakers are that particular too. They, you know, they all want their barrels to be a little bit different because they have, you know, wine, how many thousands of different wine, wines are there out there? Lots and lots. So they all want different barrels. They all want their own little, little twist on it. So these craft guys come around to the spirits in the bourbon industry and make a whiskey and bourbon, and they they're the same way. Um, so they they want to be different. So we can do different things like 
the age of the wood makes a difference. So all this stuff that you see out here on our yard right. is anywhere from three months old to twelve months old, and so we you know we can offer different ages of wood, and that makes a difference because. I mean, if you get into the science of it, while that stuff's, that stuff's stacked out there on our yard, it's not just sitting there just to look prettier because we need somewhere to stack it. It's air seasoning. So, it, you know, we want the wind, the rain, the sun, you know, everything is part of the air seasoning, which is, you know, breaking down certain wood, you know, constituents to to make it taste different or taste uh, better or or you know it's it's bleaching out the tannins in the wood the tannins are the acidic property that's in white oak that you want some of in your whiskey or bourbon but you don't want too much of it because it's real tart and real um it's you know comes off as making your whiskey kind of hot mm. um, okay. or burn yeah oh, every yeah. every yeah. Yes, every whiskey does that to jay bob <laughs> every bit, i heard man. that um hey, episode two by part. the way um so to feel the burn is a sensation that some people correlate with whiskey or bourbon that makes them like it. that's my favorite part yeah and i <laughs> i'm kind of the opposite i want it to taste good yeah. and feel good right. in my mouth yeah. so the mouth feel the the sensation of the of the burn the taste is all can you can track it back to to what type of barrel it came out of for sure um so you know wood age is is, is part of that the way we toast it and or chart is part of that um you know, how, you know how when your head spins in circles when you, when I see you, it. When you do a shot of <laughs> a, a, a book or no, man, that, that, that head spin, that's what I live for, man. I love, love it. Well, that, that one's pretty easy um, because that's Booker's is 125, 130 proof. And that will spin your head most often. Good yes. gosh. Um, especially if you so drink that, it. So fun. that's what you do. You do like 100. I thought you said you like Basil Hayden, which is I like ba- 80 if I, proof. If I'm just going to sit around drink but if, I, if i'm out but if with you the really boys, you really want to get it you go playing like playing that. cards or some of the boys i, I bust out the bookers man we, you bust we, the bookers out very often yeah you will you yeah, will spin you will spin and fast so okay you talked about the different age is there a minimum age that that wood's got to sit out there before i mean or there are no distillery customers that specify a D- definitive minimum age of wood but we d- we know that three months is about the minimum where we need to be right. and plus that it almost takes us that long to process the material once it hits our yard anyway because there's so much of it out there so it's first in first out uh type of thing so if if you know it almost takes that long to get through the process anyway um e- you know after it sits outside there's still another two months or so of the drying that we have to do to it so you know it's when it comes on our yard, it's 65% moisture content. A lot of water left in that in that wood. So the new stacks you see, a lot of water in there. Um, we have to get that down to 10 to 14% moisture content to be able to make a barrel out of it. How's that? How do you judge how much is in there? I mean, so we have we have we have ways to measure it with moisture meters. Okay, so moisture we just, meters. You you would be probably a good moisture <laughs> would, reader meter hey, meter reader. Hey, I, I'll take that job, man. I'll take <laughs> you got it. guys out there that that's their job. They work out on the yard. They they're continually monitoring really those stacks. Uh, those dudes work hard out there, man. Oh my god! And by the way, yeah. Let me uh, cheers to all independent state employees. Yeah, cheers. Um, cheers, because I like yeah. to brag on those guys because oh, yeah. I've got the easy job. I get to come out and sell barrels and talk to people and drink whiskey. And you know, I get—I really have the fun job, the greatest job in the world, maybe. Um, but those guys—they work their butts off day in and day out, so I can sell the barrels that they're making. That's great. And I appreciate them, and I always say that anytime I'm on a podcast or a, you know any kind of interview, I, I want to make sure that to always give a shout out to all the Cooperage guys inside there that 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 work their butts off every day. Hey, good, sure. good people, good people. Hey, well, you say we take a break and then we'll come back. I'm enjoying this, man. Do, we- hey, do you think it, when we come back he can tell us the difference between whiskey and bourbon finally? I think I think we need to know that okay, because there's a lot of we I thought I knew it. I, I thought, you know, some of the little things that I'd been studying on it and then somebody totally called me out yeah, on they, social media. They sure did. So, I need to find out from from Really an expert. What's what's the difference? So we're going to do that when we come back. Right. Two shots on a barrel coming your way right after this.
Hey guys, this is Jay Bo. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and Facebook at Two Shots on a Barrel fan page. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, make sure you subscribe to Two Shots on a Barrel. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We love you and stick around for more Two Shots on a Barrel. on a barrel, Jimbo, Jabo hanging out with a true expert, Chad Spalding with ISC Independent Stave Company, learning all kinds of all kinds of things today. And the other thing, uh, Jabo, I want you to do, since you did such a horrible job last time, I'm going to give you a second chance. I can't do it on this bottle. I'm, I'm going to give you a second chance to tell us, tell everybody what we're drinking today. This is Woodford Reserve, and it's pretty good. I, I don't drink this oh, often. Good, but listen. All right, tell me. Please don't tell me to, to read the details on the label because this label's like little bitty bitty baby words and and you know. Right, can not... you can you t- at least tell the people where Let's it's see. made? Where, where it's Woodward Woodford Reserve. It's hard to say. Yeah, it is. With with a name no, like I can't see. You know where it is. With with a name like Woodford Reserve though, that sounds like a fantastic. Oh, it's it's a good. Bourbon. So it's a, yeah, it's a Brown Foreman product out of Versailles, Kentucky. Really? Um, would never have guessed that. I, I yeah. honestly wouldn't have guessed that. No, me Woodford, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a brand. I'm not sure how long the brand's been out. Probably ten or twelve years. I think early on they were fooling some people. Uh, they were they were they were putting some juice in that barrel or in that bottle that wasn't made at that specific distillery, which is that's a that's a whole nother. Does it happen a lot? Uh, well, yeah, more, way show. more than yeah. anything. Okay. Um, and it's nothing against the rules to do that. Um, there's plenty of good bourbons or whiskeys in bottles that if you read the fine print, it'll say, it'll lead you to believe that it was made in, right. by that, that specific person. But they they have to tell the truth on there. So you can find in the very, very small print right. you, where it was actually read. made. Yeah, that one that one was made for sales. They're, they're into their own stuff now, so everything that's in a Woodford bottle now would have been made at that distillery in Versailles. All right, so one of the things that J-Bo and I got in, and you, you know, Chad, you know us, we're, we're not very smart, when it, especially when it comes to bourbon. No. And we're still learning. We want to learn. And we want to learn about a lot of different things that are really truly authentic to to Kentucky. So one of the things we talked about last week is really understanding that getting that good foundation of what what is bourbon? What's the difference between bourbon and and whiskey? Right. We had this we had people tell us or tell me that you can't add anything to a bourbon and, because and, it makes it a whiskey. So what were you talking about? You were actually talking about like if you are you were you talking about once you got it in your little snifter? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. In You're the, actually in, talking about yeah, it in the process. Yeah, in the okay. process. Like if they add peach to it, it's no longer considered a bourbon. Right. So there are differences in whiskeys and bourbons, and then like flavor, those flavored whiskey stuff. So a lot of times, like those flavored ones, say a peach, uh-huh. uh, Jim Beam, or a peach, Evan Williams. It'll say bourbon flavored with peach. So it was it was made just like a normal like bourbon's supposed to be. It was aged like ah, bourbon was supposed to be. And then they add the flavoring after the fact. So you can state it on there, this was bourbon flavored with peach or whatever flavor you're throwing in there. So you all were not incorrect when you said all all whiskeys are not bourbon. Wait, but all <laughs> I that's all problem. bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey. A whiskey can't be bourbon. No, that's not right. Hell, I don't know what I'm saying. You're going to confuse me, but there are <laughs> That saying is is true if if we could ever get it correct. Bur- bourbon is whiskey. Yes, there yes. you go. Yes. Bourbon's whiskey. But but not all whiskeys are bourbon. There you go. They cannot qualify because they weren't made to the specifications, which is regulated by federal law. So bourbon is regulated by federal law. Um, and so bourbon um, by federal law says it has to be at least 51% corn. Y'all, y'all got that one yeah, right yeah, last we got week. The, yeah. Well, I did. Yeah. J-Bo, yeah, J-Bo, J-Bo didn't yeah, have a clue. You just knew it had corn in it. It's all new. Yeah. 
That's corn. fine. That's good. Yeah, it does. It has plenty of corn. Usually anywhere from 51% up to about 70% uh, in, in bourbon, uh, the amount of corn that's in there. It fluctuates between, between distilleries. Um, then there's secondary grains like wheat and rye and barley. So then they can have a mix of any of those three, basically. Um, and normally it's normally it's more of the wheat and the rye and just a small 10% or less of barley most of the time. I, I got a good question. I think it's a good question. You see, you see a lot of corn grown right here in central Kentucky. And we know a lot of it goes to the distilleries in sure. Kentucky. Most of it is what I would term as field corn. Does it have to be field corn? I mean, could it be some other type of corn that goes into that mixture and then ultimately turns into bourbon? It just has to be corn. So you just can corn. put yellow dent corn. That's yellow dent is the most uh, the most used for for distillery. You know, and that's just like what you'd see growing in the normal field corn. Is, no, is almost always yellow dent. Um, then you have like white corn, you have blue corn, you have red corn, you have uh, all kinds of different varietals of corn um, that can be, you know, can be used. It just has to be corn. There's no, it doesn't say it has to be a specific type. It just, the yellow dent corn is the, the most flavorful and the best yielding corn to get most out of your gotcha. out of your bushels, you know, to get gotcha. you know, it, it works the best for making whiskey or bourbon. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, we have several distillers all around us here. Now, do you spend much time with these guys, or do you spend most of your time outside with these guys, in, like in Iowa? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Know, I mean, so do they get uh, for the same fifteen love? years, I worked with the big guys around here. Um, before I switched over to the craft side. So now we have another guy that manages the big guys. Um, but for 15 years, yeah, I worked with, you know, the Jim Beams, the Maker's Mark, the Bartons, Four Roses, Buffalo Traces, all those guys for 15 years. And I, I miss working with, with the big right. guys and, and the people that work in their warehouse departments and things like that. But um, it, it was becoming more and more, you know, right. the corporate style. Yeah. Is, um, is, uh, do you do any work with uh, Limestone? Oh yeah, so Limestone's one of my guys now okay. on the craft side. They're wonderful. Yeah. Oh, they're they're awesome people. Steve Beam, uh, Steve Fontaine. I'm not sure if you've ever met him. Well, he can talk it up. Boy. That dude him. gives the absolute best whiskey bourbon tour that I've ever been through in 22 years. We need to have that dude on here. Oh my yeah. gosh, if you get Fontaine on here, he'll blow me away. Yeah, he's awesome. he is a smooth talking. Whiskey sipping. Brilliant. Knows his stuff. Knows about the Bean family. and, and Where's, where's, where's this dude from? I'll, I'll hook you guys up. All right. Okay. Yep, for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. And then we got Diageo moving into town. Yeah, yeah. We do Diageo. Independent Stave does. They're a big customer. Probably one of our top three customers wow. that we supply barrels to already before they even add this facility really? right here. Yeah, Diageo's the number one or two spirits company in the world. Wow. In the world. And they're right here in central Kentucky yeah, as well. I mean, it, I mean, it's crazy. They've got their big facility up in, where is it being? They have one in Shelbyville, Kentucky. Yeah. It's a big distillery. Yeah. This one's probably going to be the same size or bigger than that one. Wow. As, I mean, I, I, go, I, I, I go by there. It's, it's been just, it's been cool seeing how this thing oh, is yeah. built. Yeah. They're, they've dropped those tanks in there. they got about... What, 30 tanks sitting there. Some of those are cooking tanks. Some of I mean, them are the, fermenting the, the, the tanks. The tanks went in and they built the around, building around, around these it. tanks. Yes. Tanks were first thing in. Yeah. So That's it looks awful. like they left the hoe for the steel itself. Because normally when they bring those column steels in that they're going to put in, they crane it in from the top side of that. So they'll drop it into the building rather than, wow. you know, put it in there. That's awesome. You know, it would be cool sometime we go out – we we set up our podcast out there. Oh, we can do it. We can do it, man. What? <laughs> they'd be like, they'd be like, what are you? We'll just say Lobino sent us. Yeah, well, no, don't <laughs> get my name's Ben, and I ain't in it right there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We get we get kicked out of there so fast. Yeah, it would be fun though. So uh, one of the cool things to do here when you're in Lebanon, Kentucky, is to go on a tour at your place. You know where you work is is. is that's still a thing. So, so since this COVID thing, we're, we've we've you know not been having tours, um, suspended those until probably still another another month or so, I would imagine, um, before we start giving those. Yeah, but before then, we were wide open. We probably did three to thirty five hundred, three thousand to thirty five hundred people a year through those tours. 
Um, it's Monday through Friday, three tours a day, uh, one at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and one at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So you can go online, independentstavecompany.com or iscbarrels.com. You can always find the, the tour section there and, and, and get updates on when they're going to start those back because cool. still right now we're trying to protect our employees up there. One oh, of the ways yeah. to do that yeah. is not let visitors come in. Right. So, you know, even, you know, we, we, we just can't do it right You guys now. didn't stop. We never let up through no. this whole COVID thing. Straight yeah. through. Yeah. Um, our company did an amazing job of protecting our employees and putting in, you know, standards and protocols and cleaning, you know, extra cleaning and extra cleaning and extra cleaning to, to, to make sure that we were all safe and, and, and all of our employees were safe. And, and, and it, the numbers that we, you know, come out with have, have shown that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And that, being family-owned, man, they understand their biggest asset is the people that, that, that work in our cooperages, in our meals. So um, that's – and they know that. And being family-owned makes a difference. And uh, I see it every year, the the way you all go above and beyond for company picnics. You all take big-time care of your people, and yeah. it's awesome. It, they do, and, you, yeah, you're, you're a big part of that. It's a circus, man. It's a circus out <laughs> it there. Is. It's awesome. Hey, it, for some of those folks, you know, that's – I mean, that's that's all they get it's sometimes, va- yeah. you know, is that's kind of like their vacation. It is a vacation. And if we can just provide that for one day and see the see the smiles on their face and of their kids, um, I mean, yeah, that's, that's what it's all ball. about. They have a ball. So, you know, the, we're the Bow Brothers. We like bourbon. You're, you're, the, you're the craft bourbon guy. All right, so let's just say that this podcast thing really does well. We become uh, lucrative and rubbing arms with the elites in the bourbon industry. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say we want to start our own Bow Brothers Bourbon. How does does a guy, I mean, you talked about, you've got got clients that, what, one barrel a year or two barrels a year? I mean, who, who is this typical guy out there? What, what, what is the description of this guy? That that was a that's a good question. I mean, is this guy like just a? You're actually smarter than you than you think, maybe because that's a that's a very that's a it's a great question. It's very open ended because the the people who start these distilleries can be anybody. Like I I met a guy two weeks ago that we've been selling barrels to. I finally met the owner. He's a really really rich dude that's got three thousand acres worth of land out there in Western Kentucky. He dropped this little distillery in there. Um, You know, it's not quite the small as this room we're in but i mean i've seen distilleries that will literally fit in this room they got a little hundred wow. gallon pot still sitting over there just peeing it peeing out the juice you know up to the see, see, see where i got that word juice, juice yeah, yeah a little juice the juice yeah, yeah, yeah i like that i heard you use that yeah man and that's uh i like juice i use it a ton just because i i guess it's what i've heard you know people talk about it and it's shorter than bourbon you know just it's, juice I like it, and man. it can it's mean just... bourbon, it can mean whiskey, it can mean whatever you make. Okay. It's the juice you're making, yeah. Juice you're making. So, but yeah, so to go back. So the guy, you know, might be retired, who who had some money and wanted to, you know, spend his money on. He always drank whiskey or bourbon, so he wanted to start his own. And that that rich guy, that's what he did. He said he was a big Weller fan. W. L. Weller out of out of yeah. Buffalo Trace Sazerac. How hard is that to get these days? He look, you can't hardly find it. And not only that brand, there's there's a lot of brands you know that are sought after enough to where you can't even find them anymore. Whether you can wait in line, you have to get drawn out of a hat to get in right. line to buy it. So 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 what's the deal? I mean, what's the deal? Well, with that? it's just like it's some of these distilleries are allocating this stuff to where they only make so much, they're only releasing so much uh. of it under that name, and then the stores jack the price up on them. Not the distilleries because they don't set the price; they set you know a minimum right. standard of what they they think it should be. But they don't they don't call the price. So he said, I got tired of chasing after all the bourbons and stuff that I love. And he had enough money. He's like, I'll just I'll just start making my own. That's freaking Screw cool. It. That's freaking so he's cool. got That's a two hundred and fifty gallon pot still that can make about two barrels a week. That's what awesome. he can do. And he's he's getting ready to add on because he you know he's like, no oh, you know well, he's not sold a drop yet. By the way, he's laying it down in his warehouse. You know. He's got enough capital to be able to do that. Some people don't. So right. here's another. I'll tell. I'll talk about another route that some folks take. 
um, that's that's probably the way I would do it because I don't have as much money as that dude does. And but anyway, so he's laying it down. He's going to wait for it and come out with his own product made by his own. I, I'm going to ask a dumb question. How does he know what it's going to end up tasting like? He doesn't. I mean, oh. we're working with him on barrel types. We you know we we have experimental barrels that we've laid down that we know what they taste like with this certain specific customer. His we can say here's what you can expect to happen if you use these barrels. Um, it may not okay. all work the same because right. his steel's not the same, right. his aging environment's not the same, his warehouse is not the same. It's not going to be apples to apples, but we can we can lead him in the right path to say, here's what you can nearly expect to happen if you use this barrel. So he's going to switch barrels. He was in the char four barrel because that's what he thought everybody was doing. Right, and. It, it, his guy, you know, his distiller started talking to me about different barrels, and I was like, let me just come down there. We'll bring some samples. Let's taste through some stuff. And when we got done with that tasting, he put an order in today of, you know, some different style barrels. Cool. And that's... So, that's, so you guys at your research facility, I mean, you all just got like, okay, this is kind of a sample. This we have is, a, yeah, we have a whiskey it? library. As, wow. as, so you guys come up there one day. I'll show you the whiskey library. Okay. It's uh, twice as long as this building. It's four or five shelves high. It's got a ladder in there to get to the top of it. One of those sliding cool yeah. ass ladders. That, 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 that's cool. We Harry have Potter a whiskey stuff. library yeah. of samples that we have done experiments and taken samples out periodically throughout the aging of that barrel. So we know at six months it tastes like this. At one year it tastes like this. At two years it tastes like this. Man, it changed at three years. It tastes like this. And you can expect to follow that progression if you buy that specific style barrel. Once again, that's the customer service you all offer these distilleries. Nobody in Nobody. the world does that Mm-mm. in the barrel, you know, the Cooper's business except for us. I mean, that shaves off a lot of time for these distilleries. Well, yeah, dude, shaves I mean, that's exactly. Yeah. You are, you're smarter than you think, I, too. I, every once in a while. <laughs> that's so exactly all, what it's there for. It's right. for our customers to understand they don't have to wait four years to find out what their shit's going to right. taste like. Yeah. Here's what you can expect it to taste like. Believe us. Take a chance because it ain't going to screw it up. Right. It, it'll be different. It, it will not make your juice any worse than what it was going in there for sure. Well, I'm, in, I'm enjoying this juice that we're Man, drinking today. Good. Woodford, Woodford Reserve. So I finished my, my Woodford that I poured. I had I brought my own. Yeah. And this is one of my customers. It's called Buzzard's Roost. I've heard, I've heard of Buzzard's that. Where, where is Buzzard? You've told me about that. Probably so. So it, it, it's one. Of, so that leads me into this next part of if you know how people start distilleries. So some people don't build a distillery. They don't want to make their own. There are folks out there that make really good juice that you can go buy from, like MGP up in Indiana. They they're, are so they're just like the the Walmart of the bourbon industry. They lay down juice each and every day. Hundreds of barrels, lay it down, and and thought you know that they're going to sell it at some point in that barrel's lifetime. You, us three, can go in there right now. J Bo, Jimbo, Beanbo, fucking. Beanbo. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, so you're no. telling me that that the easiest way for the Bow Brothers to have a bourbon is go to go to one of these. People. Absolutely, really? because the capital investment involved in building your own distillery is minimum. That little guy was talking about. He he said, "I'm a million dollars in right now." Wow. So that's that bare minimum. That's never going to happen for us, J-Bo. Right. Hey, so if you if you don't have that kind of capital, here's what you should do. You yeah. should go to one of these contract distillers and buy. you can buy barrels from them. So you can buy, say, a two-year-old barrel of, of bourbon or rye whiskey for anywhere in the $1,500 to $2,000 range right now. That, that's it? us, man. That's more like it. So out of a barrel, typically you get... 200 to 250 bottles, 750s out of a out of a barrel that's anywhere from two to four years old. Okay, so 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 to piggyback on that question, I pick out this barrel, and this is the one I want. The Bow Brothers Bourbon is now created. Is anybody else going to have that formula? There are others who may have that same exact barrel, but here's what you can do: you can buy a finishing barrel from Independent Stave. Ah. You can dump that juice. Yeah. Whenever you think it's ready at two years, you can let it go three, four. You can dump it in a finishing barrel that we have and change it by a thousand percent. Really? That's what Buzzard Roost has done. Really? They've bought 
Contract whiskey, I probably shouldn't say where they bought it from because there's plenty of contract guys out there. That I don't know if they talk about where they get it from. They bought juice, and then they finished it and worked with us on – they even had their own uh, Buzzard's Roost toast profile. We developed for them their own barrel. Nobody else can buy that barrel wow. except wow. for them. And no other cooperage offers that, by the way, that a customer can come in and have their, their own toast profile. They can't. Nobody can't else do does that. That's killer. I, I, I'm seeing that as our future. Well, I'm thinking $2,000 for a barrel. I'm thinking about it just for my house. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm saving some you, money. So, so there are some rules and regulations <laughs> behind. I mean, we're just talking. I mean, you have friend. to have like a bonded Yeah, we're just, doing a, we're just doing a worldwide podcast. Yeah. We're just three friends talking about I mean, DSP, who, need, who needs regulations? You probably have to have a DSP number, and the TTB's not probably I mean, going to let you store that barrel at your house because it's not a bonded warehouse. There, there are a few rules. I mean, do we have to really tell anybody? I mean, MGP or wherever you buy from is right. probably going to need to know <laughs> where it's going. Where it's going. <laughs> That's a lot of bourbon. They jam. could get themselves in trouble to sell them. <laughs> sure. You know, but I mean, that's a good. That's a good price. It's not bad when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, there are so all these distilleries have that that kind of single barrel or private select right. program. Um, it costs you more to do it because then you have to find somebody to bottle it for you, and you have to True. buy labels, and you have to buy bottles, and then you have to ship it to the distributor because you can't just take it out of you know wherever it's from it's a three-tier system here in kentucky so it has to go to a distributor and then back to you so you sell it to yeah it's a lot hey it ain't as easy as it sounded just now <laughs> let me tell you but hey i really liked it i did a few yeah. minutes ago therefore yeah therefore many right. you had two thousand cash you were you thought you were ready to go <laughs> Yeah, it's not I, know, that I was like, you hook us up with this thing, yeah, man. man. Come on, we can do this, right. Jim. Never mind. <laughs> All right, two shots on the barrel. We're going to be back with our third and final, uh, what do you call it? Segment. Segment. Good job, That's Dave. It, That's pretty I'm good for you. Segment. It's going to be coming your way. You're listening to Two Shots on a Barrel. I'm Jimbo. I'm J-Bo. Hey guys, this is Jay Bo. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and Facebook at Two Shots on a Barrel fan page. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, make sure you subscribe to Two Shots on a Barrel. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We love you and stick around for more Two Shots on a Barrel. We're all just friends talking hey, about bourbon. Up, That's good stuff. Two shots on a barrel on Jimbo right. along with J-Bo and Chad Spalding from ISC Independence Day coming next episode on Two Shots in the Barrel. We've got the HR guy of Maker's Mark. How, how cool is that? Michael May will be uh, on Two Shots on a Barrel. We'll talk to him about specifically Maker's Mark. He's going to be bringing in some 46, which will be pretty cool. It's smooth. It, I've not, believe it or not, have not ever uh, had Maker's like Mark 46. Like really? So, yeah, never. So, Michael will be in next uh, episode, and we'll be talking to the HR guy. So, we go from the the world-renowned Chad Spaulding to the HR guy at Maker's Mark, Michael May, on next uh, Two Shots on a Barrel. And he is the worst fantasy football player ever. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> ever. We I all know, know you're making that shit up. He's <laughs> like am. a freaking champ. You know I mean? Yeah, he is. I used to think, like, what in the hell did he do? He's got a beautiful wife. Beautiful. He's got two kids. And I used to think, dude, you need to take care of your wife. Yeah. Now he's in like seven fantasy football leagues. Yeah. Winning every one of them. Yeah. Yes. 
Exactly. I'm in one and I'm struggling to stay, keep my head above water. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That'll be a great interview. Michael's a good dude. Yeah. I've known Michael for a long time myself. Mm-hmm. Actually, Michael worked for uh, ISC for a bit, too, before he went to Makers. So he, he'll be able to tell both sides. I won't steal his thunder on the Make, Makers 46. He can work, you know, talk to you through that process. Unbelievable. So that's another way that you – that process on how Makers 46 is done will blow your mind. What? I will say this because he may not know this. Makers 46, the 46 on it came from the the French oak inserts that they used to, to make Makers 46. The profile toast on those was our number 46 toast that we made, and so they just decided to call it Makers wow. 46. Is that not yeah, freaking that's cool? Pretty that, that's all I'll tell you, because I don't want to steal Mike's thunder. Well, one right. of the things that I, that I definitely want to talk to him about is obviously the Makers mark, and... You know, I don't know. It sounds kind of cool to be the HR guy at Maker's Mark. He told me this week he absolutely has his dream job. He absolutely loves it. But I want to talk to you about a work buddy of yours. Uh, and and you know who I'm talking about. And and segueing into that, I heard on one of the bourbon podcasts, and you're going to help, have to help me with his last name. I know his first name's Andrew. But he talked about some of the times he's worked with Maker's Mark those being some of the most challenging and complex uh, projects that he's ever had the opportunity to work on. But I want you to tell me about Andrew uh, Webrink. Webrink, because uh, he sounds like an interesting – he sounds like my kind of dude. First of all, he likes bourbon. He gets to – I guess he gets to sip on it and, and, and taste it pretty much every day at work. And then he loves cigars, which I absolutely love, which this will be the last episode. I do not have a cigar <laughs> in hand. But tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about Andrew. And you, you've had an opportunity. I know you've mentioned uh, Andrew to me before because I went to you and I said, "Hey, Bino, I I want to know what your your top bourbon, Andrew's top bourbons are." I don't know oh, if you yeah. remember this. And you gave me his, and you also gave me yours. But tell me about a guy that you've you've got an opportunity to work with every day. So yeah, so. Um Going back a little bit to where we talked about, you know, all these craft guys wanting to dream up and be and be different. So our ownership said, okay, well, we need an R and D department or an R and D person to just help all these new guys come up with you know something different. We had always had research and development that they were out in California, mostly working on the wine side, dabbled in the spirits and you know whiskey bourbon side only when needed. They weren't needed that much because everybody was going in that char four barrel. When the craft guys start coming around and start asking all these questions and they want to do this and this, so we said, all right, we've got all these different products, but we need somebody who understands the science behind what we're doing. Yeah. So the science behind that odor wood or that toast char profile. So they, they said, we need an R&D spirits director on the, the you know the brown, brown goods side, the whiskey and bourbon. So Andrew put in for it. Andrew's a mechanical engineer. Andrew Webring, uh, he lives up in – he drives an hour and 20 minutes one way to work to right. Lebanon, Kentucky, because it's an absolute dream job for him as well. Um, he uh, He's a mechanical engineer by trade. He was just a bourbon enthusiast. He blew Brad Boswell away in, the, in, a, um, in his interview only because – not because of his mechanical engineering background, but it was how much he knew about bourbon, the history of bourbon, his enthusiasm for the for the you know the industry in general. This dude's got Booker No tattooed on his arm. Nice. He's got seventeen ninety two on this arm. He's got Four Roses logo on on this shoulder. That's I mean, awesome. When and if we ever get him in here. We'll just let him sit here with no shirt nah, on, that's fine. so you can see all his tats. That's awesome. Man. <laughs> hey, listen, man, you got to make it happen. I got, we got. I, I I love. Look, you talk bourbon cigar. Now you're talking tattoo. That's my. I'm, we're gonna get a tattoo. Yeah, he said we're getting tattoos. So, so now we'll that you're happens. talking about a dude that's got bourbon tattoos on, you got to you got to help us out, Bino. You got to get him on yeah, here. He he will. He he'll do it because he he'd like you guys and for sure. Um, but we hired Andrew to come in and just be R&D on the spirit side. Now, granted, he did not know a lot of the science going into this. He just knew he liked it. He liked to drink bourbon. He knew a little bit of the history, but he didn't know the science behind it. He has read more in the last four years about bourbon. And I'm talking about not like fun reading bourbon story stuff. Like, like technical like stuff. science experiments that go back to the 1920s and the 1940s. He has read what they call white papers. He has, he has about 30 of those plastered on his wall that he's read, you know, and learned and, right. and basically taught himself the science behind 
the the wood or the distillation or the aging or maturation or you know all that stuff so what i know about all that is this much and my fingers about an inch inch apart you know compared to what he knows as far as the science behind all this stuff i can shoot you enough shit to make you believe it he can prove it that's awesome and that's why we work pretty good as a team because when a distillery comes to me and they say, you know, we want to do this and this, I was like, all right. So, you know, I, I give them a little spiel and, you know, I, I, I talk to them and make them feel comfortable with what we're doing and who they're working with. And then I pull my man in and then he blows them away <laughs> awesome. with the science behind it. Right. And make it, you know, enough, not blow them away is like, it's where they don't understand. It's like, whoa, it's like, oh, wow. You know, that, cool. that makes sense now, you know. And, and then when we, we lay out those tests in front of them, then it really proves, proves the point. All right, so I mean, here's a dude that he, he's he's probably is it safe to say he's created some pretty damn good bourbon. I mean, along with well, along hand, with some distilleries, he's had his hands in creating some pretty damn good bourbon. Absolutely. Um, the latest one uh, that they came out with, they actually named it um, after the research center. So I'm not sure the Maker's Mark does the uh, it's the Maker's Mark RC6. I've heard that. I heard it. So the RC is Research Center. Gotcha. The wood that that was used in that RC6, you know, the finishing wood was developed in our little oven that we have in the research center up here. So they just called it RC number it was the 6th version of that experiment. That is that's that cool. Is, and but yeah, so he works real close with Jane Bowie. Um, who runs that program down there at Maker's Mark. And she she's way smarter than I am, too, as far as the science behind whiskey and maturation. Um, but she's, she, she, you know, her and Andrew work together a lot. But he works with all of our customers. So he works with the guy, you know, in Western Kentucky that makes two barrels a week. He works with Maker's Mark, who makes, what do they make? A lot. A lot. I mean, he's a dude that, that where I was kind of, he's a dude that could, could have a little ego. But he, he sounds like a great he sounds like a great dude. He has somewhat of an ego. He's you a single have man. That though, don't you? He's right? in his early thirties. He's still single. He has all those tats. He <laughs> smokes cigars. He drinks whiskey, and he makes barrels. You know that has basically has his name on it almost. Um, so yeah, he he's got. I mean, his chest pumps out when he walks around. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey man, but he's but he is grounded. He's down yeah. to earth. Yeah. I will have to work with him in that office each hey, every we don't, day. Hey, if he comes in here, we don't have to. We don't want to have to smack him around. Yeah, man, no, man. he's not that kind of dude. <laughs> he's not, he, he's no. always welcome here. Now, before we wrap up the show, we need to ask you. I know you don't pick a favorite, but what's one of the cheaper bourbons for people mm-hmm. like me? That's just fantastic. So I saw your all's post on the Facebook, and I didn't get a chance to, to throw my two cents in there. And sometimes I am careful about doing that because we service so right, many right. of the, the distilleries. Um, and I, you know, I can say for sure, for your money, Four Roses, their yellow label, their you know, entry level bourbon, basically because they have the the yellow label, they have the small batch, and they have the single barrel, is twenty bucks a fifth, twenty one dollars of seven fifty. It is by far the smoothest. It, it tastes like candy. I mean, really? it is delicious. We're gonna get a bottle of that. Wow, that's nice. It, yeah, you should try that if you haven't. Um, I think I turned uh, Jimbo on to the to to that uh, McCormick or not the McCormick, McKenna the McKenna. McKenna. Oh yeah, yeah. my god! And the four year old. You, you don't have to go try and find the ten year old that won Whiskey of the World right. two years ago. The four year old Henry McKenna Maroon Label for the money. I mean, you can buy that for twenty three dollars for a, a half gallon. Wow! For a handle. Yeah, it's good stuff. Really? Uh, oh, absolutely. I keep one of those on my bar just because it is an easy go to. For some of these fools that walk in my house and say, "Hey man, let me taste some whiskey," I'm like, I just give them that because it's right. cheap. I'm not trying to give them my exactly. RC six bottle or my yeah. you know something my sixty nine dollar bottle or whatever. But and they don't know any difference. It's like man, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I have a rotating. You know, dude. Here's the the thing. Right now, you should really go out when you're buying whiskey. Is buy the single barrels or the store picks because they've had a chance to go through and taste uh, ten ten of the best that that distillery has to offer. So you can find like a Knob Creek store pick or a Four Roses single barrel store pick. All right, you got, you got you got you got to help me out. You you're talking. What's the store, the store pick means? That they just they said, oh, "I want this part." I mean, what is store pick? So it would be like if uh, Little Four Liquors down here, 
he went to so I'll just use four in, four roses for instance and said hey I want to buy a single barrel and he can do that as a liquor store and and he goes in and they so when he says he wants to do that they'll bring out about 10 barrels and they'll let him taste through the 10 barrels he picks out which one he likes they bottle though that barrel just for him and says it'll say little four bottled four little four liquors you know he can do that he can I do had that. No idea. There Did are you stores. Know that, I do because they do that at Maker's Mark. I had no idea. You can do that at Maker's yeah. Mark. You can do you know, like stores can do that. Like Kroger does it. There are really? certain Krogers who have liquor stores in them. That, so when they say single barrel, that is that's whiskey that came out of one barrel, just one. What about small batch? That that one's a little more wishy washy. Okay. There is not a definition for small batch. Okay, it could be two barrels. It could be. I mean, because small batch for Maker's Mark or Jim Beam or whoever, smaller than what their normal dump is. So if yeah. they if they normally dump eight hundred and they dump two hundred, is it small batch? Gotcha. Or if a guy dumps one, you know, two barrels, and his biggest one is ten barrels, is five barrels a small batch? I don't. There's not a definition for small batch. Um, people put that on there because, I mean, you think that and you think that. Yeah, right. It's like if it's small batch, it must be better. Sell it. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay a little more yeah. for a smaller batch of bourbon. That I'd be careful with that. Gotcha. Right, okay. uh, I've got man, you got to come back because dude, I, so my, many my, more. My head is spinning yeah. right now so with all questions. of these questions. Like like here's the here's here's the one that that I'm thinking about. I'm a cigar guy. You know that, Bino. Yep. And even though I may have a certain cigar. That's supposed to be, generally speaking, the same leaves and and the whole the cigar is supposed to be the same. No cigar is the same, however. So I was thinking about that this week. I was like, okay, if I've got a bottle of Maker's Mark, how how do I know that that bottle of Maker's Mark that's sitting beside J Bo is the same as the bottle of Maker's Mark that's sitting in Little Four Liquors? I guess the answer is. It's probably technically not, is it? You don't. No, it's, it's never the same. Um, even so, their batches are pretty good size. You know, for the big distilleries, all their batches when they dump one is a lot of barrels combined. So their processes are in place to be consistent as they can. But at the end of the day, every single barrel that we make is different. Right. It it's like your fingerprint. Yours is not the same right. as mine. Every single barrel is different. It's yeah. made up. You know, it chars a little different. The moisture content's a little different. I mean, every it's consistent. And all the processes that we have in place, they're all different. That's why there are those single barrels, and some are better than others. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, you just, if I sat 10 different bottles of Maker's Mark to, the, to you guys, or even me, I mean, I've tasted a few more bourbons than you all have, but even then, I couldn't pick out you can might be able to tell subtle, I mean, very subtle differences, um, only because they're probably different batches. But in, at the end of the day, most people can't do it. You cannot get that. You know, you would have to do some sort of big GCMS, you know, chemistry analysis to figure out if they're actually different. That's cool stuff. Taste-wise, taste you wouldn't be able to tell it. Gotcha. They've got it down to a science. I mean, they not a science because it's not precise but it's close it's good stuff, uh, speaking man. of basil hayden the, I, I think i put you on to that one too that that's a, yes you did for the money it's a little higher you know it's probably in the 30 dollar range but it's it almost as easy drinking whiskey as, as you'll find oh, it's 80 agree. proof i agree uh it's it's really delicious it's probably my favorite of the jim bean products yeah yep yeah. for sure good stuff Man, I, I've had a blast today. We've been drinking Woodford Reserve. That was our bourbon today. We've been hanging out with Chad Spalding with with ISC. Thanks I've for learned, coming in, man. I've learned so much. Dude, you got to come by. Hey, hey. I'm, I'm always I, in for something like that. I like talking about it. I like talking about more talking about, you know, our, our customers and, and how, you know, how awesome they are. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. And anybody that's out there listening knows, um, you know, that Independence Dave is – you know, I always brag on them every chance I get. And What's awesome. their website out there? So you can go to www.iscbarrels.com. You can find that on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, IndependentStaveCompany.com is kind of the website that tells you what 
you know, we we're more than just a barrel maker. So there's, we, you know, that's a whole another deal. We right. we own all kinds of other stuff that we do. But yeah, iscbarrels.com will get you where you need to go. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you can find them everywhere. Good stuff. Awesome. Now, Jimbo, tell them about our Facebook page. Absolutely. Yeah, our Facebook page, Two Shots on a Barrel. It's a uh, group. You can go out there. You can keep along uh, or follow along, download all of our podcasts. We're out there nearly everywhere now. iTunes, yes. Spotify. You've been work. That's one thing you have been working hard on. Trying, I'm very, man. very proud Trying. of you uh, Good for job, doing that. Say, I just can't yeah. figure out Instagram, man. It's, it's like... That one's well, a little tough. I'm, I'm a not an tougher, Instagram man. guy, Snapchat. Have all to that. get my daughter in on this one, man. But but we are out there, and yeah. uh, and we're gonna do this. Uh, we're 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 learning. I mean, that's yeah. the whole idea of this. That's why we bring in smart guys like Chad Spalding. Next uh, episode, Michael May uh, again, who's the HR guy with Maker's Mark, will be joining us awesome. on two shots on a barrel. So we get a, we get to learn all kinds of things from that. And uh, who knows, man? But you know, we, we talk about bourbon, cigars. All things that are authentic, authentically say that. Peter. I can't do that. You Don't ask me. Authent- to say it. Authentically, authentic. Yeah, yeah. It's Kentucky. I'm gonna stuff. bet a hundred dollars. Neither one of you can spell that. No. Yeah. <laughs> but we're gonna talk no, about it's not just, happening. Just really cool things, Kentucky. Yeah. And so that's what we do on two shots on a barrel. We're gonna have a lot of fun, and for sure. Did you guys hit 500 followers this week? It's all. Kind of, I, we're getting close. On near. We're getting close. Dag on near. Awesome. Heck yeah, man. That's a pretty yeah. good first week. I would, I, I would take it. I think so. I, you know, we were shooting for ten. <laughs> But if we get 500, man, we're going to be rocking. That's going to do it for this episode of Two Shots on the Barrel. For Two Shots on the Barrel, I'm Jimbo. I'm J-Bo. Hey, thanks, guys, for letting me in. Hey, he's a man, Chad Spalding. See you next time. Hey guys, this is Jay Bo. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and Facebook at Two Shots on a Barrel fan page. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, make sure you subscribe to Two Shots on a Barrel. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We love you and stick around for more Two Shots on a Barrel.